0: Hi, my name is Alan Carter. I'm the president and CEO of Cabral Gold. Cabral Gold has an advanced gold project in northern Brazil. We currently have two gold deposits that have 43 101 compliant resources totaling a million ounces. And we have 43 targets within an eight kilometer radius of those two uh, gold deposits. We have three rigs currently t- uh, turning on, the, on site. And we've just uh, signed a contract to add two more drill rigs, which will bring the total number to five. Uh, drill rigs, which will be turning for the next nine to twelve months. I'm here today to talk to Matt Gordon of Crux Investor.
1: Welcome back, Alan. Good to see you again. How are you?
0: Nice to be here, Matt. Thanks for having me back.
1: Well, it, we uh, we saw a few headlines, thought we'd better catch up and see what's going on. Obviously, you had a spectacular year last year. This year started off quite well, um, but you've got you've uh, you've got a slightly new strategy in part, which we talked about last time you were on back in May. I want to see how things are going because. You've got to raise some money, eleven and a half million bucks. That's a lot of money. What do you need it for?
0: Yeah, it is a lot of money, uh, Matt. It's our first, it's our largest financing in the company's history. It's a bought deal financing, and we can talk about what a bought deal financing is for those of your viewers that, that, that don't know the difference between a bought deal and a private placement. But essentially, ma- the vast majority of that money uh, is going to drilling. As I said, with five rigs running, it's a very aggressive program and um, and there'll be an awful lot of news. So it's a, it's a significant ramp up. Um, it is going to go on primarily drilling the uh, high-grade targets that we've got, both within the high-grade zones, within the two deposits I mentioned, and uh, we're going to be focusing on the high-grade targets that are peripheral to that. Uh, there is a secondary objective, which is obviously drilling off this uh, sort of Low grade blanket that sits on top of one of the one of the gold deposits, but the, the primary
1: objectives remain unchanged. Okay, well, are a few, a few things going on there, but let's strip it back for people. Um, bought deal versus private placement. Can you explain what the difference is?
0: Yeah, a bought deal, uh, Matt, is a prospectus backed offering that is uh, basically backed by a frequently a, a broker or a series of brokers, a syndicate. In our case, it was a syndicate of four brokers, and, and what that means is they guarantee the financing. So o- obviously, what they do is they go out and they and they look for investors to sell uh, the your product to, uh, i.e., your offering. And, but if they don't get any investors, then they actually uh, take up uh, any any amount that's not not invested. So um, the attractiveness for us as an issuer as a company is that it's uh, it's very low risk. I mean, uh, the, the financing is basically guaranteed, subject of course to, to due diligence. Um, but uh, they run the show. It's very different to a private placement where we go out and uh, you know we make the offering and we make the calls ourselves and uh, and we start taking orders, um, which is obviously you know no guarantees at all that that would be a success. So, so as I said, uh, there are some um, some drawbacks to the bought deal. Uh, the biggest one being um, um, that it's a protracted process. Um, there's there's an awful lot of steps, and there's an awful lot of due diligence that goes into a board deal. I mean, for example, the due diligence calls, um, you know, have had in our case, I think, had what, and the initial due diligence call with with the syndicate, with the brokers, and all the lawyers, uh, probably involved over 20 people, and and there was 115 separate questions on the due diligence checklist. In fact, there are 115 separate steps. To following the announcement of the uh, board deal financing that we had to go through, so it, it, it is a complex process and there's a, there's an awful lot to it. But the big big advantage for us, as I said, is that it's it's much lower risk and the financing is guaranteed. It's
1: lower risk for you, but they they need to go through that process because it's their money on the line, uh, not their Absolutely. clients. Of course it is. Yes,
0: they could get stuck. They could have got stuck if they'd have had no no interest at all with uh, the with, with having to invest ten
1: million dollars. Right. Okay. So I I can see why they would want to do that because it's their money on the line. They need to be really sure. When it's exactly. a private placement, does that does that suggest that they need to, that they're not quite as cautious?
0: No, I don't think so. I think um I, I think they, they you know they, it was very very thorough. I've been through these these things previously, not not as the CEO of Cabral, but they are very very thorough and the. Uh, you know there were a lot of lawyers involved and in than we anticipated and that was because there's a there was a 250-page technical report right that, that accompanies this and um so um we had a, few, a little bit back and forth on a few uh, a few of the parts to the technical re- report with the bc securities commission um that they need to sign off and it was our first time so that's perfectly normal so it just took a few days longer than normal but um we're very happy to have it done as i said it's a significant financing for us and will allow us to do a lot of drilling
1: can you get so? Is it is it any more expensive because it's a little bit more admin yeah. heavy at that end? Like what, yeah, what are is, we talking? What's the difference?
0: Because because the due diligence is very lengthy and there are so many different steps and uh, and obviously um, the, uh, the, the, the 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 brokers need a fee they they want a fee and and there are a lot of legal fees on top of that so that is one of the key drawbacks is it, it is it is more costly um, so uh, you know. Uh, that's one of the cons to it but uh, but you know the pros frankly outweighed the cons we thought very carefully I mean to sort of raise this kind of money and this is an enormous amount of money, our last financing as you know, was four point two million dollars, so this is almost three times the size of that um, uh, you know you need institutional participation, and in order to get that um, that that I'm not saying we can't raise money on our own from institutions because we did. I mean, we bought in Crescat last time, but that quantum of, of, of funding um, generally needs from most, most issuers, most companies needs needs brokerage support. I mean, the other objective is that obviously what we're hoping is that some of the some of the members of the of the syndicate because there are four different brokers involved in it uh, will pick up coverage, research coverage on us. Um, the banking side of these brokerage firms can't guarantee that, but. Uh, We're obviously, uh, we've got quite a lot of dialogue going now with four different institutions, uh, sorry, brokerage firms. So we're optimistic that some of them will pick up research coverage as well.
1: I mean, normally you don't like to issue warrants, but you've had to issue a half warrant here. I mean, did you get, you mostly had pushback. I mean, what was that conversation like?
0: Well, the the half warrant made it a more attractive product, um, Matt, obviously, if if you're an investor. um, Last time we didn't, Uh, this time uh, we did. So, uh, yeah, there is a half warrant, but it is set at eighty cents. We've listed the warrants, so it shouldn't provide any cap on the price. Obviously, if you don't list the warrants, there's always that 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 potential cap on on the share price. But now the warrants are, are freely tradable. So, um, um, look, I mean, um, that could provide us with an awful lot of money uh, here going forward. Um, so, um, you know, seven or eight million additional dollars. It's a two year strike price. Um, and so it could bring in an awful lot of cash here.
1: And the converse of that is there's also been a little bit of shorting going on. I mean, I haven't met a CEO who can give me an answer about what you can do about it, but I'll ask you anyway. What's, what are you going to do about it?
0: Well, I can't do anything about it if people decide to sell the stock and, and, and play short bets. I mean, um, you know, we expected there would be some of that, frankly, because the other big difference with a prospective-backed pres- uh, offering is that the, the stock is free trading, so there's no 4-month hold on it. Um, as we've had in the past, so we haven't got, you know, so we're suffering a little bit right now, as opposed to suffering in in four months' time. So you know, it's just one of those things. I mean, people, some people do do like to play games and strip the warrant. I uh, sell stock immediately. <laughs> sometimes at a slight loss and hang on to the warrant um, and so that is the game that some some investors do play it, it does unfortunately it comes with the territory I mean does it mean that uh, there's an issue with your company and your project and all the rest of it of course it doesn't I mean it's it's uh, it's just one of those uh, one of those things that uh, we all have to deal with as uh, as people that run these uh, run run companies okay well, listed companies.
1: well let's talk about what you, the things you can control um, you've Raised a bit of money. You had a bit of money in the bank. Uh, so, what's the cash position today?
0: The cash position right now is about twelve, twelve and a half million dollars.
1: Right. So, let's talk about what you're going to do with it. I've seen the um, the press release about adding an additional two drills. That takes it up to five. What are you going to do? What are you going to focus on?
0: Well, most of the focus will be on the high grade uh, targets that we've got at Kuyu kuyu Met. So, a big, uh, and we're still finally finalizing, finalizing the exact details. But in broad terms. Um, a large part of that drilling will go into drilling off the existing high-grade zones that we know already know that exist at MG and uh, Central, so the 2 existing deposits we've been drilling off the high grade zones at, uh, at, at MG. And we will later on this year, we will uh, one, one of those uh, five rigs will we'll, we'll put on central. So be, there'll be one rig will be targeting high grade zones at MG. There'll be another rig that will be targeting high grade zones at central. Now, as you mentioned, in the course of drilling off the high grade zones at MG, We've, we've found a blanket of low grade oxide mineralization that also has to be drilled off. Uh, that is very much a secondary objective. That will take uh, about three months. We estimate we need about 70 holes into that. It is a blanket that's about 500 meters by 400 meters in size. Uh, and so the RC rig um, that we've got, the big RC rig, is currently engaged in that, drilling that blanket off in sections. Um, the other 2 rigs, frankly, are going to go on testing the regional targets. We've got our small little RC rig which continues to plug away. Uh, had some, We've had some limited success with that at Mora de Lua, uh, in establishing the, some continuity of some veins, but um, uh, frankly some of the targets that we tried to drill earlier this year during the wet season were, were tough to get to uh, with that rig. Um, now we're well in the middle of the dry season, so we're going to bring, bring in a diamond rig also to assist and we're going back to some of, the, some of the targets where we weren't able to reach the target on some of these prospects um, uh, and, and we're going to drill them with a the diamond rig. So, um, so that's basically what's going to happen, very much a focus on high-grade but uh, we do need to, to drill off this oxide blanket as well. But that is, uh, as I said, that will take us 3-months with one rig.
1: Okay, but, but let's, let's start with the blanket a bit. We'll come back to the high-grade in a second. Let's start with the blanket because we discussed it last time when you were back in May and we had lots of questions coming come in about why would you target low-grade uh, oxides at surface, you know, and what are you going to do about it? What could that What could that do in terms of the way that you plan this business going forward? So, do you mind just sort of running us through yeah, what's no, the thing? No,
0: absolutely, yeah. I, I think that's a good question because I think I think some of our shareholders are a little bit confused about why we would be diverted from the high grade thing, and we're not being diverted. As I said, we've got five rigs that are going to be running for the next twelve months. We're going to take one of those rigs for three months and uh, and drill off this blanket. Why do we want to drill off a blanket, which is probably averaging half a gram to one gram? Although, as you're aware, we have just drilled. Uh, a month or two ago, sixty meters at three and a half grams in that blanket, so the blanket does have higher grade piece portions to it. But why would we want to spend three months with one rig drilling off uh, drilling off this blanket? The answer to that, Matt is because this is unconsolidated material at surface, extending from surface that was previously assumed to be sterile in the two last resource estimate that we had done. All this material on top was assumed to be waste that would have to be moved to get to the underlying MG hard rock deposit. Now we know that this is mineralized, it's low-grade, but because it's unconsolidated material, the, both the mining and the processing costs are going to be very, very low. Much lower than they would be if this was a hard rock material. Why? Because there is no drilling required, there is no blasting required when you come to mining this material. You basically are just scooping it up because it's mud and sand. And soil um, the other thing is obviously that because you 're not dealing with harder material not only is it much much cheaper to mine it but it's much much te- cheaper to process it too you don 't have to grind this stuff for hours and hours and days and days and in, a, in, in ball mill or with steel rods and stuff like that so again your processing costs are much much lower um, so this is not only going to add ounces to the overall resource estimate it 's a very attractive um, uh, Target because it is sitting right at the surface. I mean, think of it as um, the cream on top of an Irish coffee, right? For those in North America who don't know what an Irish coffee is looking, it has a thick cream on the top. They're fantastic. Go get one. And it's a coffee with whiskey, but the coffee and whiskey would be the underlying deposit, and the cream would be the blanket on the top. So um, and and the other thing to this, not only is it going to add ounces and and obviously. Provide some um, a lot of uh, is very attractive from an economic perspective when we come to a PA, um, but um, you know it's uh, it, it's it's an incredibly um, additive uh, type of thing and gives us optionality to actually uh, go into production pretty quickly. Don't forget, over this blanket, we own the surface rights now. Uh, we have the trial mining licenses, so we could conceivably. Uh, put up a small plant and start uh, mining this thing in, in a matter of months, literally. Now, have we made a decision to do that? No, but it is an option. It's not currently part of the overall strategy, but it gives us optionality. So I think for our shareholders and our investors, that is an option that is extremely attractive. There are very few companies that have that option. Um, so, and and we may or may not decide to do that in the coming months, um, you know that's something that we have to assess. For now, the focus is on the expiration side and drilling off these high-grade zones, I, I, um, I, most I, of which are at depth.
1: I get it, and I, I promise I will come to those. But I, I'm, I'm just intrigued. I want to be able to do some math in my head here. So, what what do you think? Oh, so, what do you know today in terms of the extent of this? Blanket in terms of you know how far it reaches on surface and you know how deep are we talking about you know when say near surface is what
0: Uh, what we know today Matt is that we estimate and as I said we've still got we've we've got to do seventy more drill holes but we have got already got some drill holes into it now Uh, we know we our estimates is that it's four hundred meters north south by about five hundred meters east west actually it's a little bit longer than that it looks like but um, at east-west, but let's 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 use that. That's our best guess right now. Up to fifty meters thick. It won't average fifty meters thick, um, but there is a lot of oxide material here sitting on on top. So, you know, probably an average thickness would be somewhat thinner than that, maybe thirty or forty meters. And then, uh, you know, average grade. Most of the uh, average grades that are coming back are are in the order of half a gram to. To one gram, some more, some a little bit less. As I said, we had that one stellar hole uh, earlier, which was uh, 60 meters at three and a half grams within that blanket zone. But that was on the top of where the underlying hard rock deposit is projected to come through. Obviously, as you get further away from where the underlying deposit uh, comes up, you know, know, it thins and and the grade uh, dissipates. So. You know, do the math on that um you know don't forget that you you need to add de- to add a density in, in order to get a tonnage from from the number of cubic meters um and the other in- interesting thing is that uh, it's also thrown up is well hang on a minute if there's one blanket here we've got two deposits is there another blanket on the second deposit we've got 43 other targets with very good grade are there are some do some of these other targets have have potentially have blankets on on them uh, we think they might um but uh, as I said, that's, a, that's very much a secondary objective, uh, but um, it, we need to do it. It will add ounces and it will uh, definitely increase the economic attractiveness of uh, overall of the, of the district and the project.
1: Well, okay. But again, I just want to stick on this because, you know, when people talk about districts, they, they take decades to kind of develop and get to a point where you can start monetizing them typically. I'm intrigued in these kind of short, Solutions—the kind of so what component. So as an investor, so what should I be thinking about your ability to maybe start producing money early and not keep dipping back into the market and diluting me. So. A project like this, clearly, you're not suggesting for one second that it would stand alone. But in the context of everything else that you're doing, perhaps you, you, one get it financed at a relatively low capex and get some monies flowing. Is is that the is that when you talk about options, is that the option that you're thinking about?
0: Yeah, yeah, we could start on, on relatively small scale production with very low capex and and uh, potentially start start producing. Um, And some people will say, well, why aren't you doing that already? That seems like an an absolute no-brainer. Well, that's because um, we think right now there's more value to be created from from discovery. I mean, this is an extremely rare project. We've got 43 targets here. And and, and most of those targets have either a little bit of drilling on them already. 10 of them have already some very high-grade intercepts. This is outside the two known deposits map. Um, Another 12 or 13 or so have outcropping high-grade veins. We've got another dozen with high-grade boulders. I mean, it really is an incredibly prolific district, an incredibly high quality, and it is going to take um, quite a bit of effort to actually fully understand how many of those 43 targets are actually going to ultimately prove to be additional deposits. Uh, We already think that we've got, uh, we're very optimistic about this Mashishi target uh, where we've done uh, some drilling. Um, where we think it will be deposit number three, the blanket is clearly a separate deposit in its own right, uh, and, and there are going to be other discoveries. I'm, I'm very, very confident there'll be other discoveries, and with five rigs now committed, uh, it'll take us a few weeks to get the two additional rigs in, but we've signed the contracts for five additional rigs. I think the investors should take from that that we're very, very bullish and very optimistic—not just us, but so are our investors uh, on, on the potential of the district. And um, so. Um, you know there 's some frustration. people always want answers uh, like yesterday it 's going to take us a, a little bit of time to do it but we 've now got a significant war chest here and we 've got uh, five rigs um, so um, okay so it 's so a it's very a- exciting time it- for us moving forward we 've never had five rigs on this project before it is uh, it 's a real Step up. We're
1: really raising the MT Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. I think normally when companies increase the number of rigs, it, it, it suggests that they're they're quietly confident about something or other. Because uh, typically, we see a lot of companies come on here and they're happy with their one or two rigs. It means they don't have to put out too much information because they're not confident about what they've got. So it kind of works both ways. Um, so just 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 in terms of um, again. Terminology here for people because you've got targets. People come on and talk about anomalies and targets, but when you mention there were discovery, not too many people make discoveries. So, when does something move from being a target with some mineralization to being a discovery? What, what was that difference?
0: One word: continuity. At least in my mind. I mean, some people would say, well, you can only actually start talking about a discovery once you've got a forty-three one hundred one resource on it. But you know, as as geologists. We 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 get a pretty good idea, you know, if you've got continuity, if you can trace a drill intercept, and you can and you can actually step out from those drill intercepts, and you can already start to see a deposit emerging. Now, most prospects and most targets, of course, uh, just on a on a general basis, uh, that's not possible, and that's why so so few things actually become become mines. But but I mean, it's it's all about continuity, demonstrating continuity, and. And you know the, the results that we had out recently on uh, yesterday on Mora uh, we can see that continuity starting to emerge from we had one hole that we drew back in 2019 on that uh, that cut three different veins. We came in and we put six holes to the north and the south, and we can see the continuity of those veins. They are extending. The MG deposit. It's a deposit because it has continuity. You can actually see the thing coming through over a distance of almost 2 kilometres. You can see it. You can trace the mineralization from section to section. Same thing at Central, and frankly, it's the same thing at Mashishi, the zone which is 500 hundred metres to the north. There's no resource on it yet, but we can see the continuity on it. We can see the zone. We can trace it. We've traced it now for 600m. And it's also the same thing with the blanket. Uh, again, continuity is the key.
1: Okay. You've got five drills going. You've explained what you're going to be doing with each of those. Rainy season kicks off in November. So you've got a lot of drilling to do between now and then. Um, is that the point? Or, sorry. At what point will you be coming to the market and saying, right, we've considered our options with regards to how we treat the blanket component? And you then have, have to have a conversation about how you finance something like that. If you thought that you could, if the numbers stack up, how you could deal with that. Um, and getting the balance between discovery, because people like discoveries too. So you, you, you've got a kind of twin track, uh, or parallel, uh, track, um, you, str- you know, process that you're going to go through here. But when do, when do you start talking to us about, you know, Allocation of time, allocation of budget. You need to raise budget because if you need to produce cash, you need to spend cash. When, when do we get to hear that conversation?
0: Yeah, probably nine to twelve months, Matt. I mean, um, I, I don't think it would be before that. I mean, this is going to be an expiration-driven story for the next uh, nine to twelve months at least, and maybe perhaps beyond that. I think that would be the earliest we'd be we'd be in a position to have that conversation. Um, you know, we've we've our investors have, have put their faith in us and their money, uh, and we have told them this is what we would like to do, and uh, and so we are not going to sort of uh, start changing the game. We've committed to what uh, to uh, testing all these high grade targets and and doing a lot of the drilling, and that's what we're going to do over the next nine to twelve months. So it'll be be at least be at least nine to twelve months, I think.
1: So with the cash cash at hand, um, you're you can get through the next twelve months, can you?
0: Yeah, and and the other thing I would say is that the drilling doesn't stop when the rainy season happens. The drilling is just a little bit more complex. It's more complex from a logistical perspective. I, I think we started drilling in the rainy season uh, with this last program, and we tested uh, the first targets we wanted to test with some of these um, areas where we've got extremely high grade values in boulders. Now, those targets, most of those targets are sitting in low low lying areas. The boulders are sitting in stream beds, and guess what happens when it rains. They all become waterlogged, it becomes very swampy ground. That creates a, a big headache when you're trying to drill those. Um, we have a lot of areas that aren't like that, but um, the central deposit, MG deposit, we don't have that kind of issue. It's, it's much drier, but those areas were, were extremely difficult to test in the rainy season. And um, and so several of the targets we weren't able to uh, fully evaluate, and we are going to come back to those during the dry season in the next few months with a diamond ring. We are going to test them. Um, so. Um, you know, uh, I think it would be um, just because we've had. Uh, I think some of the, the there has been a little bit of um, disappointment around some of the results on the on some of these initial uh, targets where we've got high grade boulders. They're they're not done by a long shot. I mean, we are definitely going to come come back on those. Okay, we haven't explained where those those boulders are coming from, but and so. Much easier to test in the dry season with so, the diamond
1: rig. So, what's happening in Brazil? Okay, because you know we've had other companies operating in Brazil, and it's it, it it's not back to normal yet by by a long by a long shot in terms of people moving around, in terms of assay results coming back quickly, in terms of getting <laughs> crews to operate these rigs. I mean, what what, what are you experiencing?
0: Yeah, um, look, I mean, this is an enormous country. Uh, it's two hundred and ten million people. It's huge. Um, it's massive. It takes five hours to fly across it. Um, it is taking some time to vaccinate everybody. Um, They're not as advanced as uh, most countries in Europe or or North America. Um, And so it's going to take a little bit of time. Um, So there's still an elevated rate in terms of infections and and it's going to take, uh, as I said, take a little bit of time for for them to get to a point with their vaccinations where it really starts to significantly bring the infection rate down. Um, Look, where we are, in northern Brazil, um, the community, uh, uh, we run the health post in, inside the community. So we've been monitoring the evolution of the pandemic. As you know, we shut the project down as a precautionary measure for three and a half months, months from April to July last year. And uh, at one point there during sort of uh, April, May time, we were seeing 20 infections a day in the community that we we're in. Um, we haven't had a case of COVID 19 in the community for I'm guessing two or three months now. I mean, it, on our weekly management calls, it's the first thing we discuss. Have there been any cases of COVID nineteen? What else can we do? Obviously, we put in lots of precautionary measures, uh, but um, but uh, it's allowing us on site to power away. Um, but there are certainly the pandemic is is um, having. More of an impact in some of the larger cities in the south, particularly in the south. For example, turnaround times from the last slowly improving, but because they've had people who are sick and they've been, uh, they've been, you know, the supply chain has been impacted in uh, in southern Brazil for things like parts, consumables. Uh, we, you know, we found that. So it's an evolving situation. But uh, the mining industry is a critical in- industry in Brazil. Um, so the government's very keen that, that it continues. So I, I think things will slowly improve. I don't think there'll be a massive change, but I think the turnaround times on the lab from the lab will gradually start to adjust um, and improve and get back to normal, but it'll take a little bit of time.
1: And when, when do your next results come out, do you think? Do you know?
0: I think there'll be quite a few results here over the next week. I can't give you an exact date of when the next drill results will be coming out, but obviously there haven't been a lot of drill results during the financing. Uh, we put out some news, as I said, on this more of a lure target, but but you know uh, the ante with the results is going to will increase. I mean, with five rigs turning, we should have a lot more results. Um, frankly, I think it's going to be difficult for everybody to keep track of them. I think what I've noticed is there is a there is an expectation. It's almost like uh, uh, people expect you to have a uh, an incredibly good. Draw result every time you put out a release. I mean, this is expiration. There is quite a bit of risk in expiration because you don't know what you're going to get. And it would be very easy for us to say, right, to, to set up 10 meters away from any one of those 10 areas where I said where we've got high grade results outside the two deposits and start plugging holes in like a pincushion and, and and getting great results. Now, would that add anything to the project? No. Would it keep a, a certain um, a uh, number of uh, uh, investors happy? Yes, because they'd be seeing great results, but it actually is from the same small area of each of these targets. So that's not what we're about. And as you know, Matt, a lot of this I have a large shareholders company. I've got $1.7 million with my shareholders here. Um but what we want to do is demonstrate and fully evaluate the um the potential of this district and and that means that uh, some of the holes are going to be better than others uh, there are going to be frankly there are going to be some holes which aren't aren't going to come back but again i come back to the, st- the the fact here that this project or this district was the largest placer gold camp so alluvial gold camp in the tapajos region during the 1980s why is the tapajos so special because, is it, because it is the site of the world's third largest gold district there was 20 classical district in the world there was 20 to 30 million ounces of gold washed by informal methods that's just little sluice boxes and stuff like that during about a 15 year period and kuyukuyu was the largest one and so uh, there is undoubtedly a lot more gold sitting in the hard rock hard rocks underneath all these streams we think we found the source of perhaps five or ten percent of the placer gold here. So it begs the question: Where on earth is the other ninety to ninety-five percent of the of the placer gold that was mined here being eroded from? And uh, as I said, undoubtedly, um, we think that several of these forty-three other targets are actually going to prove ultimately to be additional deposits here.
1: Well, okay, it's, it's, okay, good, good, good point. But it, it comes down to you know your strategy, what, how you choose to drill this. Um, because we've seen companies go and, you know, drill a pin cushion, you know, because it just helps with the headlines, yeah. right? Yeah, Not yeah. do things properly. And you've got a district. So you've got a lot of land to play with. So you, you've got to get that balance between getting the headlines and also doing it right. Do you know what I mean? You set the bar for yourself quite high last year. You know, you, you shot up from nothing to, you know, whatever it was, is, eight, nine, t- ten times, uh, what you started the year at. So you set the bar quite high. Going forward, are you, how do you play it? Because you've got to be tempted. It's one of those things you've got to keep those headlines coming, but at the same time, they don't tell you much as a geologist. So, how do you play this?
0: That's an easy answer, right? But, but let's just go back to the pincushion analogy. That's not what we're going to do. There are lots of other companies that you want. If you want uh, your company that you invested in to drill a small area, Say 50 or 100 meters across or where they know they've got good results and keep putting out fantastic results but not actually adding anything at all to your project, don't invest in Cabral Gold. What we are going to do is systematically go through all these targets and determine which ones are economic deposits. We're going to start with the higher-grade ones uh, where we've got some I- indications. We're going to rank all these things on a whole series of criteria and there will be a focus. But to your specific point, Matt, we think that a combination of Infill drilling to determine where the what the extent of the high grade zones is within the existing two deposits. That, which is obviously a low lower risk prospect, because we've got more drill holes into those zones, we can see those zones starting to emerge from the larger the larger deposits themselves. Combination of that aspect to the uh, drilling over the next nine to twelve months. And the fact that we are going to be testing other uh, these regional targets outside the two deposits, where we've got high grade, we've got targets like Lourdes, where we had one hole um, high grade, and now we've found that there's continuity. There are there are other areas that where it looks like there's going to be continuity as well. So that sort of combination, and that is but that is obviously higher risk, right? That's going to because we've got less information. Um, but that combination and that that sort of dual focus actually should. Should generate an awful lot of good results going forward. I mean, we've had some great results over the next uh, six to over six, uh, the last six to nine months, as you're aware. You know, 35 meters at five and a half grams at Mashishi, fantastic. I mean, Mashishi, as I said, that's one of the one of the targets where we're starting to see continuity over 600 meters. Um, you know, um, so um, so I, I think it's going to be a very exciting uh, um, period for us. Um, it has been uh, an exciting time. There's obviously always consolidation. Companies like ours don't have, as you know, a linear sort of progression in terms of value uh, creation. I mean, um, you know, and, and there are obviously market influences which obviously impact that. Uh, you get a couple of negative results, everybody starts to say, oh, you know, you've had some negative drill results. Oh, oh no. Hang on a minute. We've got 10 targets with high grade results. Um, that we don't know that we've reported previously, including you know things like Central Southeast, 27 meters, at 6.9 gram, Jerry Moon's SEMA, 39 meters at 5.1. I have all these in my head. Uh, you know, Mashishi Southeast, 3.4 meters at 36.9 grams. They're not part of the resource. How many of these things are actually going to be additional uh, deposits at uh, at Kuyu Kuyu? And we think a number of them will. They undoubtedly will be. There's continuity. In several areas. We've got two deposits already. We've got continuity at Mashishi. We got continuity in this blanket. There will be con- it looks like we're now starting to see continuity at Mordelua. Early days, we've only got seven holes. But some of these other things are gonna have continuity. So I think it's gonna be an incredibly exciting time for our company. 70 million market cap, million ounces already on the board in terms of the resource base, a district that produced two million ounces historically of Placer Gold. Enormous potential.